Hey everyone, welcome back to Oh That Girl Reads, where we read what we love and DNF the rest. I am your host, Freya, and today I have a special guest, Therese M. Clark. Um, she is a best-selling author, um, as well as a journalist, and her she has a current series, A Courageous Love, and her recent book has been Chaser. So, Therese, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Um, do you want to start off by just telling like a little bit about yourself, a little bit about the Courageous Love series? Sure, sure. So um, I have been a freelance journalist since, I'm going to date myself, 99. Um, and I wrote a children's book a couple of years ago and kind of thought that was going to be my next path. And then in the midst of kind of promoting that, um, these characters came to me and they kind of wouldn't let me go. Um, and so they ended up becoming the first set of characters from Heartbeat, which is the first novel in the Courageous Love series. Um, and it's a five book series. We're three books in. And it's about Black women um, finding who are, they're all very accomplished and ambitious and um, you know, really have, you know, solid head on their shoulders. Um, but this is stories about them finding themselves, uh, in extraordinary circumstances and in those extraordinary circumstances, they find extraordinary love. Oh, I love that. I love that. It also centers around, um, black women i feel like now we're really starting to get more of that in the publishing industry and just even like indie authors like pursuing their own work and um in my research of you because i had to go in right <laughs> i saw I, <laughs> I believe it was an interview um with ohio state university where you were doing a project um i believe it was just about black joy and so i'm curious oh, well, like, i haven't seen that video <laughs> Oh, you haven't? I have. I've never recorded it. Um, they used my, my work, the children's book. They used. Yeah. The, um, they had a whole series of of different arts, but I never found the video. Like I, I kept reminding myself to go look for it, but never saw it. So that's awesome oh. that you found it. So yeah, I'll. I'll shoot you the link. It's on YouTube. That was like one of the first two that popped up oh, when yeah. I typed in your name. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> that's so funny. That is so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, I love that I found that. It was really, I really enjoyed listening to like your thoughts and perspective on it. And it made me wonder like when you're writing, like how did you approach kind of um, the balance between kind of having your characters have really deep painful past histories but also like experiencing joy as like throughout their journeys um i wanted to give i wanted to give my characters what i didn't always see um now now because heartbeat was written in i finished it up like 2016 2017 but i didn't uh publish it until last year um but at the time, um, it was a lot of either or, right? It was either great joy or great pain. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to I, I wanted to show that there was more to us um, in the range, in the middle. You know what I mean? 
um, <laughs> that it's not always one or the other and uh, be a little more, and I say realistic, but I mean, it is a romance novel. So <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> a little more realistic to the, the actual lives that we lead and we lead lives that at that sometimes seem, um, and this is for all humans, that sometimes seems uh, contradictory, but in times of pain, there's still times of joy. Um, yeah, I mean, you just, you don't, you cannot have one without the other. Um, and each one makes you appreciate the other. Um, and and with pain, it may take some time to, to learn those lessons from it and um, appreciate fully what you've gone through. Um, but yeah, there's more to us than just, you know, how hard it is to be black and how hard it is to be a woman. And, you know, there's more to us than that. And I enjoy reading about women who are like the women that are in my life. You know what I mean? So um, all of my girlfriends are accomplished and hilarious and um, really know themselves. And um, but they also get into some insane shenanigans. You know what I mean? (laughs) They have these adventures and. Um, I wanted to see that reflected. I think there's room enough for everything. I think there's room enough for um, stories that that dive deep into um, that pain and, and, and the journey through. And there's room enough for just absolute fluff and everything in between. And I think um, it's great that not just myself, but a lot of authors are... Um, putting themselves out there, but also taking charge and making sure that our stories are told um, in all of the variety and depth and, and light that there is. Yeah, definitely. I like that you mentioned fluff because I'm a, I'm a real fluff girl. I'm not going to lie. Like <laughs> I need, I need my room. A palate cleanser, right? Like you, you know, yes. some things you hit that are really, really hard and then you're like, okay, I need some, some fluff, some fun. And I mean, that's, whether it's movies, books, music, all of that. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like there's also kind of like a big discussion in the book community now about like, you know, black romances being um, viewed in a particular way. Like Mm -hmm. it's always about the struggle of, or, you know, there's some involvement about like, you know, our race and society and how we deal with that. Um, but what I kind of liked about like your book Chaser, which of course I'm the person who reads like the most current book and then doesn't read the first book in the whole series. I don't know why I do that. I constantly do it. I don't mean to. <laughs> so I still have to read Heartbeat. <laughs> right, right. That's cool. It works. They, they're pretty yeah. much standalones. Um, so you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily enough, it was written that way. But if it wasn't, I would have been like, oh, <laughs> This happened to me before. Um, But I really liked um, in Chaser where it was like, you know, Shayla, she is this Black woman and existing as a Black woman and moving throughout um, her community and society as a Black woman. But it's not in a way that's so, I don't know, it's just like an acknowledgement. But at the same time, it's not... um, disregard like not simplified I don't know what words I'm trying to use right now but 
it's, you know, but that's how we live our lives, right? I think the perception for those outside of us is that we spend all of this time thinking about white folks, thinking about our place in the world among white folks and, you know, whatever, and being black. It just is. It is is who we are. So, I mean, not to bust anybody's bubbles, but we don't spend a lot of time thinking about you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, um, I think folks attribute um, attribute too much importance to themselves um, when you live with something, whether it's um, your your upbringing or your cultural background or your race or disability or what have you. When you live with it, you live with it. It's a part of who you are. So the adaptations that you have and that you do um, or the different... I don't know, ways you go about your life um, because of, despite of those things, it, it just is, it's like breathing. You know what I mean? You've got eyeballs and you blink. You know what I mean? <laughs> something flies in your eye, you recognize your eye. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I try to acknowledge the truth of what it means to be a black woman in this world, in this, in this society. Um but that is not our 24-7, you know, si- not situation because we black every day, right? But it's right. not an all-consuming thing. Um, even those who uh, among us who, because I do some DEI work, that is work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but there is life outside of that. You know, there's family, there's friends, there's shopping, there's, you know, vegging out on, on the couch. So, um Again, I think too often folks are quick to kind of um, put these boxes on what our experiences are and should be um, or what they're expecting them to be. Right. Um, And I'm all about, again, showing like the breadth and depth of our experiences. And again, nothing wrong for those who focus on that because all of that work is important it really is um mm-hmm. but there's room enough for everything so yeah i definitely get i like what you said about it just kind of being like a breath an experience and you're right like when i'm in my day-to-day life like i don't really think about my struggles right but there are moments where it's like oh yeah i am black and i am experiencing life as a black person but there are right. like other movements so where it's like oh i'm just like shopping in a mall or like i'm in a restaurant right. it's like you know right. things like that and i feel like that really does come across like in your writing as well it's like yeah how when, I'm I'm experiencing. The car, I, when i hop into the car i don't say i'm hopping into the car as a black woman but I, <laughs> i'm going through this particular neighborhood and i know that i need to be careful you know what i mean exactly. and then i yeah. get to the neighborhood or whatever and then I'm back to thinking about whatever it is that I was thinking about before. So it's just, it's, you just, I don't know how to, to explain it. If you know, you know, if you're among us, you understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just what you do. And so, yeah, I, I, I think in a plus, you know, black romances just get um, black romances in real life and in in media really get a bum rap 
Um, again, because I think people want, folks outside the community want to see um, certain things or they're comfortable in seeing us in certain positions and in certain situations with, <coughs> excuse me, I am so sorry. There's more to us than that. And um, the onus is on them to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny because people will talk about struggle, love and crime and all of that in relationships to black romances. But they talk about that as if they don't read mafia romance. And what is mafia romance but the same thing except a different culture. So whether huh. it's Russian mob, Italian mob, or what have you, it's still guns, drugs, sex, violence, you know, the head guy and, and then, you know, the chick or uh, whoever he falls in love with. All you're doing is swapping out cultures and um, language. So, yeah. you know, it's real easy, it seems, for other folks, for folks to adapt to those things, but feel some kind of way adapting to ours. So I, I think that's interesting. And that maybe needs to, those people need to have some, some introspective as to why. But mm-hmm. no, our stuff is good. Bump them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never, that's so funny because I've never connected the dots. I mean, like for me too, like I don't tend to read like mafia romances and things like mm-hmm. that. I'm not, I'm not much of a dark reader unless mm-hmm. it's like in terms of the romance space. Right. Um, so, but so that never occurred to me, but that is, that is a very much a, a real thing mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I mean, it, even, you know, movies, everybody loves Godfather and, and uh, what's the other one? Tony Montagna, um, which for some reason people keep thinking as a how to run a drug business. <laughs> like, he dies in the end. He dies. <laughs> his best friend is dead. He loses his girl. Like, that's not a how-to. That's <laughs> like, for like six months and then flamed out. That is that's not longevity. But anyway, um, there's no difference between that and like Belly or uh, any of the other kind of you know, uh, gangsta as the lifestyle so it's, it's it's really about perspective and then again expectations right mm-hmm. but it's not up to us to um justify define or um advocate for you know um it's us up to us to tell our stories that we want to tell as truthfully or fantastically as we want to, because I mean, there are black um, romances in every subgenre, whether it's mm-hmm. white shoes or um, mafia's slash crime boss to you know monster love and and fairies and vampires. So yeah, yeah, it's it's we have a variety of experiences. So. Right. Yeah. I'm excited to see us kind of like expanding into different, you know, um, subgenres as well. Like I recently read yeah. like, you know, a black hockey romance and I was like, wow, right. I was not interested in hockey romances until they made it black. <laughs> right. Right. So, right. 
Yeah. What's that meme? What's, what's sexier in black? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're, there are writers now, and I think because of TikTok, because of social media, we're able to kind of get the word out about it. But, I mean, just about every genre, you know, from dark, like I said, to fluff, to everything in between. So it's it's a really cool time to be a reader. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. It's like super exciting. I'm, like, interested in um, your experience with, like, promoting your own books on social media, particularly TikTok, because that's how mm-hmm. I found you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're killing it, by the way. Are you doing everything by yourself? I am, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I am. I was like... It's I was like, Teresa needs to teach me how to do this because I don't. <laughs> but it is, it is a lot. It is, it is tiring, and I can tell you directly, I see direct results from my efforts in page reads, particularly for KU. Um, mm-hmm. So if I don't feel like it, I totally see it. You know what I mean? So if I take off a couple of days, I see my numbers go down, and I'm like, ooh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a powerful motivation because yeah. like it's, it's directly connected and it's so interesting to see um, a social media tool um, that is as powerful as TikTok. I was not in publishing um, back when the promotion for was mainly through Facebook and Facebook groups and Facebook ads. So I don't have any comparison to that. Um, but it it is it is almost like running ads where you can directly see, okay, your ad has started, it's converting. Um, and it's the same way with TikTok. And so it's, it's definitely a lot more effort, I think, than, um, than ads, you know, there's kind of a formula to it. Um, Mm -hmm. but TikTok, um, as you know, the algorithm can be, um, skewed. Course, say it like that. <laughs> certain communities and books. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's always that, and I always wonder because there's folks that are doing way better than I am um, that are of color, um, and I watch, you know, like their rankings and stuff uh, on on booksellers to see how how they're doing, and I'm like, if they if the barriers in the algorithm didn't exist, how much more successful would they be? Um, So that's a question that kind of gives me a lot of pause because you can definitely see where there's um, a difference in effort and a difference in, um, not support, but just, I, I wish if we were going to do things algorithmically that the, that it would be set up to be unbiased. Mm-hmm. So, but not yeah. just, you know, anecdotally and, and some folks have really drilled down into it and it is simply is it, there is an intrinsic bias um, in the algorithm. So that's unfortunate because there are great stories that people aren't finding mm-hmm. because of it. Yeah, and there's so much to say about that, too, because, like, the algorithm is, I don't know, I'm not going to pretend that I understand how it works, because it also seems super obscure at the same time, but it's going to depend on, like, 
you know, what the masses are appealing to, but then the masses have like internalized biases and, you know, so they're gearing towards like certain content and things like that. And so that's always going to be the content that prevails because someone looks a certain way or because the content itself is, you know, targeted to a certain audience. Right. Right. I mean, but even when you put, um, depending so like there are white content creators who have come out and said you know their content on average mm-hmm. excuse me in, including you know when facebook has or not facebook tiktok has its dips um average this number of views per video if they put hashtag black romance or hashtag diverse romance or any of those kind of uh cultural hashtags use dip immediately and is not also because, oh, people are not interested in the content because the content hasn't changed. It's still that person talking mm-hmm. about books, but because the only thing that is different is the hashtag that's more algorithm versus, you know, uh, people just, you know, scrolling away. So it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of different factors in place, right? So there's, um, and I don't know. I have not seen um, a specific tell for this, but there was like, um, you know, discussions of ageism and how one author couldn't get said they couldn't get signed because they were told they were too old for TikTok. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I can see it maybe that they, you know, depending on on looks and then you've got you know pretty privilege and that sort of thing like mm-hmm. i don't hop on uh tiktok rarely now anymore without like full face just because i i'm doing i'm i'm promoting a product i'm promoting myself as an author i would love to be able to just hop on and be you know real and, and chill all the time but i notice the dips in my you know, direct result, like, oh, I didn't have any eyebrows on today. <laughs> it didn't go well. Or, you know, the red lip wasn't red lipping. So, um, I mean, there, like I said, there are a lot of biases. Um, mm-hmm. I just wish we were only dealing with human biases versus those human biases then written into the code or whatever. Into so. the code. Yeah. But overall... I will say it has been um, great for building community, great for mm-hmm. finding other authors, um, great for finding other readers, um, great for just like exposing. Um, and I wish I hadn't like resisted it for so long because I worked in social media um, for doing some client work and just it was like a burnout. It's like I don't need another channel. You know what I that mean? was me too. I resisted yeah. TikTok so hard for the podcast. And- oh my gosh. I was like, I don't need anything else. And then when, you know, the kids are trying to get me on, I'm like, I don't want to, why do I need to get on that to watch a bunch of little kids dance? I mean, that's cool for you guys. Have fun. Um, but it was, it was one of those times that I, I missed the trend. Usually I'm a little ahead of the curve, but I, I missed it because I was like, no, I'm tired. I don't want to see nothing. <laughs> I don't want to check another thing. I don't want any more notifications. Um, Literally. But it is an amazing community, despite the drama or in spite of it. I don't know. It depends on the day. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. I'm like surprised or so I think about it all the time. I'm like, you know, back in the the booktube days, you know, mm-hmm. there wasn't drama like this. And if yeah. there was, it was very interpersonal, like right. between like two individuals just having beef because they're having beef and right. it just happens to be on the same platform. Right. Whereas like now it's like people are acting up every single week. Some yeah. author is yelling at some reviewer, like yeah. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Like it's wild. It's wild. I don't. And there is no, and even with YouTube, um, there's a moment, right? So you have to record the video, and you have to check over the video, and then you have to upload the video, and so there's a process. Um, But TikTok is instantaneous all you have to do is hit record and hit send really you know what i mean there's no you don't have to edit it if you don't want to but there's definitely much um fewer barriers so there's fewer moments to give you moments to say should you be posting this should you be posting this (laughs) but that other you know like more sensible part of your brain to kick in and say right i don't know about that one so, I think a lot of people need accountability buddies, like mm-hmm. who are on social media. Like, yeah, but you know, they, <laughs> I know they reach out to their friends, and their friends are like, "Yeah, post it." I mean, you got to know which friend. No, you got to get brutal people. <laughs> you got you got your rider dies who think everything you do is awesome. You got your rider dies who think who are a little more level. It's like, okay, listen, crazy lady, stop. <laughs> <laughs> And then you've got the the your business minded or even mentors who are like, okay, here are the here are the drawbacks of that. You know, yeah. everybody doesn't have PR experience. Everybody mm-hmm. doesn't have a PR team. Um, so that analysis doesn't come um, as natural to some people um, as it does to to those of us who have worked in media for a while. So. Um, I, and you can see what they're going for. You can see where they thought it was going to go, um, what their end goal was. Um, it just. <laughs> and I feel so bad, you know, I'm like, I, I see where you thought this was going to be of help. Mm hmm. <laughs> you just need, you needed to read that back to someone else or play that back to someone else right i mean anything from you know the way you're presenting yourself to the words literally the words that you say to the to the pauses i mean it people can sniff out bs so much faster nowadays mm-hmm. um because we're interacting with each other all the time. And because, um, again, these reaction videos are so quick and so instant um, that people have a sense of who's genuine and, and if what you're saying doesn't match the vibe, and I know that's kind of, that's the art to PR, right? what you're saying doesn't match the vibe of what you're trying to portray. Like if you're trying, you're saying humble words, but your vibe is not giving humble <laughs> people pick up on that. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 
it's something else. I, I, I don't, I don't talk about anybody by name or anything because you just never know when you're going to be on the other side. Right. So yeah, I just leave that alone and go, Ooh. well, I'll be in the DMs though. Like girl, did you see? <laughs> <laughs> That's also something that I kind of had to, um, I guess, talk to myself about when I started the podcast and things like that. I was yeah. like, oh, am I going to be talking about every single piece of drama that happens in like the book space or the book right. community? Right. Is that something that I want to continue on doing or if that's something that fits in what my mission is for this? And right. I had to have a real talk with myself and be like, no, and it might not benefit you to be commenting on like every single thing that's happening. Exactly. And yeah, and realizing sometimes you don't have the range to comment mm -hmm. on something or Absolutely. the knowledge and background to do so is like, and that's okay. Yeah. You can mm -hmm. have a personal opinion without publicly expressing it. Yeah, I feel like that's not really a practice anymore. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> everybody is like buttholes. Everybody's got an opinion, uh, <laughs> and everyone feels validated um, a lot of times because. You do curate your own social media. Um, so what you're seeing in the algorithm isn't necessarily the truth of what reality is. It is what has been curated for you or what you've curated by your interactions. And so where you think you might be mainstream on something or in the majority of, of brightness, nah, you're just <laughs> in an echo chamber. You know what yeah. I mean? So, but it feels good to think that either you're an expert on something or, you know, you're smart about this thing or um, that what you think matters, which it does to, you know, people who love and care about you, but the world at large, for the most part, don't give a shit. So, <laughs> you know, um, again, you don't have to wait publicly in. I will say this as you're building your platform, mm -hmm. there are people who have made a really you know, large platform, engaged platform based off of the drama, whether they're involved directly or whether they're commentating on the drama or um, sharing the drama. The thing with that is it's almost like Pac, right? You, you build your reputation on gangster and kind of veer away from how Tupac started off um, basically as as a, a poet with a lot to say about the condition of society. Um, but you veer off to what's popular and, and what's hidden and what, you know, gets the reaction and the emotion, it will come back to get you as well. So mm -hmm. any misstep where you might have had some grace um, tends to be met with the same amount of firepower that you used when you were on the opposite side of or on outside looking in on someone else's controversy mm. so yeah i've seen that too where it comes back and it, it gets you you know yeah when you're always in the mess it's kind of hard to um, stay above and out of the mess so yeah 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 that's really real and so, okay, so it sounds like you've had like a lot of experience like with social media like throughout the years. Oh, yeah, social media, yeah. PR, and yeah, I've worked a, a lot of. It's interesting when I look back. I used to think I I was unfocused um, because <laughs> I've worked a, a variety of 
kinds of positions and, and different clients um, alongside always doing this freelance writing. But I'm a storyteller at heart. And so it just takes on whatever form that is needed for a particular client, right? So whether it's PR work, um, you're still telling the a story, you're telling the product or the person or the company's story. Um, with social media, it, that really is all about um, storytelling. It's just supposed to be truthfulness <laughs> in storytelling, right? And, and being one-on-one um, -on -one or as close to one-on-one -on -one as you can be with people without like, you know, uh, formal media presentation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've been around the block a little while. <laughs> Is that like, is the social media part like something that you enjoy with your writing or is that something like one day you kind of want to pass off to somebody else as like? Mm, it's a mixture. Um, I think the promotion part, I could probably, I'm definitely looking to pass off at this point um, mm -hmm. because it just takes, for me, it takes a, a lot of time. Um, I would rather someone else like produce it. I see it. That looks good. Go on with it. Um, but I, I do still like interacting with folks and, and that community aspect and, and seeing parts of their lives um, that doesn't necessarily uh, is a part of what my particular focus is, you know, like I'm about books and, and that sort of thing. But Man, I love seeing people's like kids and their pets and their families, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, are they in third grade? Never met the kid in my entire life. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Needs, she's getting married. Never met that woman before in my life. I know. But I'm invested. I'm like, okay. And she's like, she's going to do her own hair. I'm like, are you sure, girl? I don't know. <laughs> it's a stressful day. I'm telling you, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I'm not going to the wedding. I wish the best, but I'm invested. <laughs> and what makes it so bad? I feel like I, I have. I feel like I have some kind of, um, and maybe it's just everybody is like this. But I feel like I have some sort of facial recognition issue because I'll know people will talk every week on Facebook or something. But then if I see them out at the grocery store, I'm like, is that them? I don't know. Should I say something? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's me. But I'm I like, I know you, but I don't. <laughs> right. Right. So, or it's been like 20 years, right? So I'm like, yeah. I can't even tell. So, but I also don't want to be that jerk. Like I saw her, you know, Walmart and she didn't say anything. Believe me, I'm, I'm yes. agonizing over it. So don't, don't, <laughs> don't think it's me being, you know, high code. It's not. I'm no, <laughs> I promise you, I'm just standing there overthinking. And once one thought, yes. it's going to spiral. It's going to keep going. Yeah, yeah, I will like I will make like a about face, like a 180, just be like, nope, I don't know if that's the <laughs> and I don't want to be awkward. <laughs> so I'm gonna go back to the frozen food and just hide <laughs> But I love you. <laughs> Wait to see those first day of school pics. <laughs> I hate when it turns into the stare off though. Like you're like staring and then you're just both looking. <laughs> 
I mean, like, <laughs> an adult. I know. <laughs> and say, <Saturday>. like, <laughs> like, who's not going to be the weird one? Right, exactly. It's almost as bad as when someone's waving or they're talking and they've got a Bluetooth in or something, or they're waving, they're not waving at you. Person oh my God. It feels almost along those lines where it's, it feels much more public than. Oh my God. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, no. Definitely not. Oh. No, but it's so true. Like, okay. I love, like, the connection that everyone kind of has now, like, between, like, reader and author. I think sometimes it gets a little, like, oh, I wish we didn't have this connection, but... Wow. Yeah. It's like a little weird sometimes, but like, how do you kind of maintain boundaries like with your readers and like within the community that you've been building up? Well, um, on incoming, I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if my boundaries have been tested as far as readers coming to me. Um, and that could be because I, I'm basically, even though I've been writing for a lot of years. Um, I'm still a baby author. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the platform is not huge and there's not like people stalking my house or something like that. Um, so I haven't had any of those kind of interactions. So I'm really still very open and, and excited and a bit puppy doggish. You know, when folks reach out, I'm like, <laughs> I'm complete dork. I'm, I, I kid you not. I try to be cool. I fail every time. Um, so, you know, 2 a.m. DMs and and that sort of thing doesn't bother me. One, because I mean, I control my phone. If I don't want to hear anything, I just, you know, put it on, do not disturb. So, um, but I usually love those 2 a.m. DMs because that's somebody who cannot go to sleep because they have to keep reading. And then what they have read has (laughs) evoked enough of a reaction to them. They're like, oh, hell no. Let me disturb this lady. <laughs> what, what, what was she thinking? And how did you do this to me? I love it. It cracked me up. It was like the highlight of my evening. So um, that has not gotten old, and I hope it never does. Um, but as far as like me trying to make sure I respect the boundaries of my readers, um, I read every review, like everyone that I find. Um, I read them all. Um and including the negative ones, there are a lot of authors who don't do that, but I think I'm coming at it from a different um, uh, perspective or experience because I have been a journalist for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really uh, kind of par for the course for people not to like your stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, and even among like the training to be a journalist, um, at least when I was in school, it was pretty, pretty... Um, cutthroat cut and dry and and you know like if you misspelled someone's name that's an instant zero um you would read your article in front of the class or they would read it and pick it apart you know what i mean so you kind of and the editors are insane so you kind of get used to that um feedback whether positive negative uh, criticism or critique so when I see my reviews, I'm looking at it from that angle, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. excited about the ones who enjoy it, um, but I look for, you know, specific things like what is it about that you enjoyed and, and, and that sort of thing and, and try not to weigh it so much where I think my, my poop doesn't stink, of course. Um, and mm-hmm. then with the negative ones, I'm just like, 
you know, not every book is for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Some things uh, that I, I come across, I'm like, okay, well, that's a good point. I didn't think of it that way, or um, that was a different perspective than than what I, I saw coming, which is, you know, something when you put art out there, you never know. Once you put it out there, it is out there for people to interpret. You know, you mm-hmm. have what you are trying to say, um, but how it's received and how um, their lens that they view is complete, usually something completely different than what you expected. And I think that's the beauty of it. Um, but I try not, so I read the reviews, I do not reply. Um, unless someone specifically says something to me or adds me or something like that um, mm-hmm. or tags me. Um, I, when I send out books for review, my only request is that it's honest. Um, it does not have to be a stellar review. If you DNF'd it, that's fine. Just let me know. Like, you know, like if they're a part of my art team, let me know. <laughs> so I'm not following up like, Hey. You know, you're like, what did you think? They're like, right, I'm right. avoiding confrontation. <laughs> you know, let's, I mean, you know, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it awkward for you, it makes it awkward for me. Um, so I, I try not to, um, I don't put any parameters on anybody that I, I, I send it out to influencers. Um, if they love it, awesome. Um, if it's just okay. Okay. Um, so, but I, I try, I used to say, let me know what you think. And mm-hmm. then I realized that's, that's pressure because then they're like, Ooh, what if I didn't, you know what I mean? What yeah. if I didn't like it? Or what if I haven't gotten to it? I don't, I don't want to put that on anybody. It's again, it's entertainment. It's, it's my livelihood, but this is for your consumption. So how you when you take it in is totally up to you and it's totally okay. Now, I will say some people are not fair. (laughs) So um, I think someone called me stupid, like just um, because um, there's a point in Heartbeat where she discusses with one of my characters discusses not wanting their child to be extraordinarily wealthy, like just, you know, over the top with all of this extra, all this money. And what is it going to be like to raise a child who can have whatever they want at their fingertips? Mm -hmm. And they call me a complete idiot because who wouldn't want their child to be obscenely wealthy? (laughs) I was like, okay, well we can disagree. You don't have to call me names. Dang. Yeah. But again, it was more funny than anything. Now it drives my husband <laughs> crazy. He he gets upset. It doesn't bother me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I it's it's humorous and I still appreciate mm-hmm. even if you didn't like it, you taking the time to say something about it. Um, even if you absolutely hated it, which there are a couple of people who have absolutely hated one or both, you know, books in the series or maybe not all three. I don't I don't know. I don't think so. But they'll come back and be like, yeah, I hated this one too. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, all right. <laughs> I appreciate Thanks. being consistent and either buying the book or, or giving me the page reads regardless. I mean, I got my money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your support. You're right. I, 
It was so funny. There must be I was, something to make give you that much of a reaction. Right? Exactly. I so, think that's still something that's like going yeah. right, you know. Yeah, it's, like, it's, a, it's a win-win either way. Yeah. I think so, it's so yeah. I I was trying to we, there was a big discussion about like three star reviews and like how this one author was angry about like a three star. And I'm like I love giving three star reviews because it's not one because star reviews don't really mean anything to me. No. Like, but I love three stars for me personally because, you know, I was an English literature major. Mm -hmm. That means I wrote like pages and pages yeah. and pages. And that means I had the most fun because I was analyzing everything, I was annotating everything. Yeah. I had dynamic things to say. Yeah. So for me, it's like, honestly, you, I think those like lower star ratings, I guess, are kind of rewarding in a sense, because it's like they still oh, gave yeah. you the time and they're giving you the feedback to grow. But you maybe that's also kind of like a journalistic thing. You got your first one star, you know, <laughs> seriously, like when you put out a book and it's all five stars, first of all, I mean, awesome if it is, man, mm -hmm. listen, if you have written a five star book from everyone's perspective, I am rooting for you to get on Oprah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but as varied as, as there are people who read, um, the lower star reviews give you validity. You know what I mean? Like, um, it looks a little less like your mom and your best friends have been leaving reviews for your Exactly. Book, you know? Um, now, from business perspective, is is always helpful um to have your book highly rated mm -hmm. um but it's also um i would say equally as important to just have engagement so you know if you've got like i think heartbeats averaging like 4.6 out of five right now um mm -hmm. with 500 plus like 544 reviews um, I value sweet. both ends. You know what I mean? I value the, the four out of five or 4.6, 0.6 out of five. I feel like a, a five-year-old. I'm five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put that half on there. Gotta put that 0.6. Um, but I'm also, I also value that 544 folks, again, got finished and then took the time to leave, to leave that review. So, mm -hmm. or rating, whatever. Um, so business-wise, those things matter. Um, but every, I mean, and then, you know, you can, you have to take it with a grain of salt because everyone has their own scale of what works for them, right? <laughs> so it's, it's not a standardized practice. We're not offering, you know, we're not all operating off of the same rubric. Um, even spice levels, you know, I thought Chaser was about a solid four, maybe 4.5. And someone else reviewed was like, yeah, I read really dark things. So it was like a two. I was like, God. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> but I want to know what you're reading. <laughs> I'm like. The refrigerator didn't didn't bump it up to a three. <laughs> For me, it was like every time there was a drink involved, that was like <laughs> every time. Listen, that last one when her family was there and 
she was messing around thinking she was going to get away with it. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, he, what did that say? Squat and cough? And I was like, okay, now nah, I think I might have gone too far. <laughs> I was like, did I just write that in a book for public consumption? <laughs> like, that might be a little much. And no. literally for like months, no one brought it up. And I'm like, maybe I took it out. <laughs> I went back to look for it. Like, no, it's still there. So how, how like, how, um, I don't know, how mild, I guess, is that compared to everything Where it's not even a blip. And here I was like, you know, cheeks. <laughs> like blushing. Exactly. Totally blushing. Sliding over to, to my editor and, and my husband reads my books first. Slide it over to him like, all right, I don't know about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, folks is like, ah, that's Tuesday. Like, oh. Oh, I, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was tripping. She was like, yeah, it's like a two, two and a half. I, like, oh, I also kind of wonder if that has to do with quantity, too. Mm. I don't know. It could be. be. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Because I noticed like some books that have like really intense like quality like spice scenes, they're like rated as like a two or three. And I'm like, I was sweating (laughs) like reading this. What do you mean? It's like around like And then you have some like, you know, every three pages they getting in and I'm like, hurrah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was like, oh, oh my, okay. <laughs> and I'm not going like, oh to outdo myself or anything. I, I, it has to be natural. So. Right. Yeah. Do you. Funny. So how am I going to word this question? Because I just had three questions come into my brain at one time. That was so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you feel about like navigating like the independent, like publishing route? Like, was that something that you knew you just like wanted to directly do and like have that control? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I did, um, my children's book was traditionally published. Um, so I went through that process and, um, enjoyed it. Um, there were things that I thought I wanted to have more knowledge about um, mm-hmm. the under, understanding the whys and the how tos, um, which they weren't necessarily, and I, I recognize that they weren't necessarily a part of the experience for them to kind of like walk me through that. Um, there were other things that um, I, I kind of wanted to have control over as far as like just, you know, inventory. And I was left with a lot of the marketing and I was like, okay, well, if I'm, I'm doing all of this, um, do I really need to pay you? So, <laughs> but there are perks, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, what's standard issue for a publisher, like sending it out to Publishers Weekly and, and that sort of thing, um, there's less reception for an indie to do that. Mm. Um, plus, you know, there's like the street cred for being traditionally published. So that was cool. Um, but for heartbeat, I had given it to a couple of my traditionally published author friends and they were, you know, loved it and, you know, 
wanted to bring it to their agents and they were like, but you're going to have to really, really cut it. And Harvey, she's a thickums. She's 400 or 546 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was just things I just didn't want to cut. I, I wanted those in there. They may be not gratuitous, but um, slice of life things that could have been left out, but that I thought made the story um, a little more more rich and kind of brought you really into these folks' lives. Um, so I knew I didn't want to cut certain things and they were going to make me cut. And also, I just wanted to see if I could do it. I wanted to see if I could do it from beginning to end. And um, I had no expectations, which is what's great with your first book. You know, I had no expectations. I had, I had some goals, but... Um, I didn't have any parameters as far as like deadlines and, you know, with indie, if something's not quite working, you can go in and fix it. Um, I had complete control over cover and, and all of that. So all of that appealed to me. And I, I just really wanted to see if I could do it. Could I, you know, make this book from beginning to end the best that I could make it? And could I use my marketing background and, and skills and, and, you know, uh, connections to kind of get it where I wanted it to be. And my initial goal was if I sell a hundred copies, that's going to be awesome. I know at least all of my friends and family <laughs> right? um, that who are going to support anyway, you know, you've got folks who high five from the side, but they're not going to buy nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And folks who may you share your post, you know, that's free. Um, but I knew I could get a solid 100 people to buy a print copy of this book. Um, and then once it went beyond that, I was like, okay, we may have something. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a challenge. I just, I wanted to see if I can do it. Will, will I keep doing it? I don't know because it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And I like, um, my main thing is to, to write. That's where my passion is. You know, I love looking at the analytics on the back end, like seeing how things are doing and, um, what post drives more sales than others. So I love that part, but the day-to-day spreadsheet situation, um, uh, cataloging or, or detailing or, you know, just the, the admin work. Mm-hmm. I can live without that now. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it. I, you know, I've had my toes, you know, fingers and toes in it and I'm ready to pass that on. Um, yeah, I do have a goal to have a romance traditionally published. Um, again, just just to say and show that I can. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just wanna. That's just you know, just one of those goals. Like I wanted to hit number one in my category for certain books and in, in a certain amount of time. And so I just they're part of the goals that keep me interested in the business side of it. Um, because I'm always going to be interested in the creative side of it. Mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah it's fun it's just it's, it is a lot of work though there's a lot yeah. of p's and i's and t's crossing and you're like oh <laughs> and i imagine that kind of really impacts like your writing time doesn't it because you're taking up so much time yeah doing all the it does yeah. and then um i'm not necessarily i'm still trying to get into the groove of what it is to spend time on this, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and the balance of it all. 
Um, so I'll get lost in the marketing part for a day, a whole day, just gone, you know, mm-hmm. and then realize I have not written a single word. Um, and because romance is the way it is, um, there's a certain amount of output that I want to keep up with, um, mm-hmm. that I have not gotten to that goal <laughs> yet. So I thought I was going to do the whole series in a year. I thought one, a book a quarter, bam to bam to bam, we're gonna be great. That is not what happened. I realized that I need downtime, and so this again, be, being a new author, um, I'm learning what it means to like produce consistently um, on the scale that that I'm I'm producing um, because articles, like you know, I thought it was gonna be like articles. Yeah, so I know my process for that, right? Um, it is completely different. Completely <laughs> <laughs> different. Um, and so making that, and there's an emotional piece that I did not factor in. Um, mm-hmm. Again, articles are reporting of the facts, right? And so, you know, you build a, a, a story around it, but it, it's not, um, I think, as. At least the things that I was doing. There, there are you know articles that um, weigh on the writers, on the journalists as they produce them. Um, that was not really where my main work was. So this is emotionally heavy. This is building from your own brain, you know, from your world. You're not taking in information and then reinterpreting, reinterpreting it for others to understand. This is you creating the whole thing. And that has an emotional weight to it that I did not realize. Um, And so when I'm finished with a book or a project, there is an amount of time where I need to kind of like break from that. And I didn't realize I was going to need that. Um, And I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Like, why? You know what I mean? Like, why? Yeah. What am I doing wrong or why am I not focused or, or, or whatever? And then it kind of just like slowly dawned on me, like, genius, you need a break. Calm the hell down. <laughs> I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> so once you realized you needed a break, like what does your like break look like? What does your post writing routine kind of? Um, and you know, I don't know how far the break is from the writing process or from the editing process. Oh, true. Because I guess you're not done until... No, no. Gotta get your edits in. Yeah, and then my silly self, you know, again, thinking I, you know, you you think you know what you know until you find out you don't know it. Um, A book a quarter, these are my, my deadlines, and all of this, and it was creating so much stress and anxiety um, because I set some pretty unrealistic deadlines for me right now where I am. And mm-hmm. so by the time you get done with the editing process and you're running to beat that finish line, because I hate disappointing readers. I hate saying this date and then I have to move it. And I've had to do that several times across mm-hmm. um, the last two books. Um that you just pressed so hard to get everything done mm-hmm. um, that you really want to pass out, but you can't because then the promotion starts, right? 
So one job to the next, you're promoting the whole time. But really, once that hits, that first month is, you know, social media and podcasting and, and, um, you know, taking pictures of your books all over the place and watching the numbers and all of that. But that post um, publishing, marketing, even though you keep marketing, but that initial push cycle has been different depending on the book. Um, but a lot of just like schlumping, um, <laughs> reconnecting with my family where I'm not growling and saying, you know, leave me alone, I'm writing, um, or throwing things because I'm editing and something's come back and I'm like, damn it, I thought we were done. <laughs> just take it the way it is dang it I'm finished I ain't doing nothing else um, so yeah reconnecting with my family in a fun unstressed way um, I I write by post-it and they're all on my window so when I finish finished I take down um, all of the post-its and put it in the binder that my final edits are in because I print it out and do my final edits from there um, I put all the post-its in there. I label the binder. I close the binder. I put that away. And the whole time that I'm taking down the post-its, um, I'm thinking about the process and, you know, what all dramatics I've been through or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And just trying to be grateful in that moment that I had those and that I've gotten to the other side. Um, so I do a whole kind of like gratitude thing or, you know, thank you for this and, Uh, I'm thankful for that and, and, you know, prayerful for other things. And I think that kind of helps close the door on it and resets my brain. Um, And usually I take myself out to eat or something. (laughs) Yeah. You know? That's beautiful. (laughs) Literally every time something upsetting happens, I'm like, I need a little treat, a little sugar. (laughs) I deserve it. I survived. Exactly. Shoot. My husband used to walk around. I was always telling him I needed to treat myself with some chocolate or something. He would walk around with Ferro Rocher's in his pocket and like give them to me like Scooby Snacks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I am so offended. I'm an evil girl. (laughs) That's just love. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I, I feel like you're, you know, giving me doggy treats. But also, I'm gonna eat it because it's my favorite. <laughs> you win. <laughs> it was like the Lorax. He's uh, he likes marshmallows. Do you remember? Have you seen that? Yeah. I'm gonna eat it. I'm highly offended. <laughs> but I'm gonna eat it. <laughs> That's me and my little hubby Scooby Snacks. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I love no, that. It, it's a process. It's amazing though. As much mm-hmm. as I fuss and complain and, and say it's not as glamorous as it looks, it's still an amazing, amazing opportunity. And I still can't believe I'm, I'm able to do this. Yeah. It's yeah. not I, Yeah. I heard something recently that was like, what was, what were they saying? Basically that like, when you think about like your future and like, you think like, oh, like I want to be a writer someday. Like you never think about like the problems that come with it. Right. Right. But one part of like accepting that or like moving towards that goal is 
being okay trading your current day problems for like the problems that you'll get with having that goal. And I think like, if you love something so much that you're willing to deal with like the stupid shit that comes up with it, it's yeah. it's amazing. And you, you can't help but be grateful for it, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 I never thought, you know, I've always written. I used to write plays. I put on my first play when I was in second grade in Catholic school. Um, there were kidnappings and, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> Which surprise, surprise continues to show up in, in my works now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Always been dramatic. But I realized where it's from. Watching the stories with my granny. Oh, okay. Watching this, this, the daily soaps. Mm-hmm. Someone was always getting kidnapped and dying and coming back to life. And, you know, just yes. pregnancies, fake pregnancies. It's yours. No, it's his. All of that. <laughs> So I think that kind of molded a lot of my storytelling and, and you know, passion for dramatic love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, the pain points don't matter it's almost like having a kid the pain points don't matter once you have it in your hands yeah so yeah there's a lot of there's i mean you know there's sucky things about every everything that you like to do there's something that's not super awesome about it right it's okay it's okay to kind of say everything isn't as awesome um because you 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 appreciate for what it is is work and you've put in the work um, and you've produced something um, as best as you can given the tools that you have at the time mm-hmm. um, and that's really I mean all we can ask of ourselves and all um, we can ask of artists is to to give what they have to give with what they got. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's yeah. dope, crazy. I love, that. <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'll round this out with one final question. Okay. So I so I don't know what podcast it was on. It was like an interview um, that you were doing, but you mentioned and you mentioned here that you were writing since the second grade, mm-hmm. and so I have to know because I'm trying to sniff out all of the authors who have potentially done this. Have you ever written fan fiction? in the years of you writing? Um, sort of, kind of. Heartbeat kind of started off as a fanfic. Uh, <laughs> a different book that I'd read, a different series. Um, also, Colorado, mountain towny, mountain man-ish. Um, that I, I pitched to the author and they were like, I don't really let people into my universe. And I was like, oh, I get it. I'm like, this is still a good story. I'm going to write it anyway. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you know, obviously there's a lot of things you need to change and, and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Have I ever written like, like a full-on story like based off of other folks like, and it's published somewhere? No. I, I never did the... Um, Wattpad and and that sort of thing. Um, 
I think that came at a, a different time. Um, mm -hmm. So by that point, I was really unwilling to put anything out that was not paid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was an active working journalist, you know, so Makes sense. Um, no, homegirl needed to get paid. <laughs> it, it wasn't more passionate than I could a couple dollars for it at least. <laughs> I have written, ghost written, um, <laughs> these stories. Um, <laughs> it used to be, well, there's still, it's like, you know, like they have Fiverr and that sort of thing. But like there used to be these job boards where they wanted stories or erotic stories and that sort of thing. Um, but this, I'm assuming gentlemen wanted stories about <laughs> people who, um, women who were comfortable being naked in the presence of, of others, publicly naked, but it wasn't a salacious, um, it never led to sex or anything like that. They were just walking around. <laughs> it was very particular. <laughs> and it was like, it was like, like it literally, I think it might've been the first PayPal payment I ever got. <laughs> I think I had to open up a PayPal account for that specifically. And they, it was very short stories. So, like, one was about a woman um, who the guy next door could see into her apartment, and she had gotten wet in the rain and was having a bad day. And she turned on her light and started taking off her clothes without closing the curtains. <laughs> and he just admired her freedom. <laughs> Um, I think that I think he might have like sent her a, a little note to like cheer her up. I can't remember how it all finished. Um, and then so I I got paid for that. I was like, okay, well I'll write another one. And then the one that I the second one I wrote, I think they had an interaction, like, and he seemed interested, and he was like, oh no, that's too much. <laughs> it was a very specific. I'm just going to say a very specific kink. <laughs> yeah. It seems both like voyeuristic and pure at the same right, time. Right. It was not, they were not going to, you know, like do the deed or anything like that. It was just him appreciating her physical form and her being free with her physical form without it leading to anything. Yeah. That's so interesting. It is, it is, it is different. I have never talked about that publicly. <laughs> so you've got a scoop on still a very, uh, very benign stories here. <laughs> and it was, like I said, it was so interesting. And I was, I, was I engaged at the time? I think I was engaged at the time. So I was telling him about it, and he was like, hmm, that sounds weird. I was like, oh, whatever. Um, but then I was like, my second story got rejected. It was too much. It was too much. <laughs> it was just, it's, it's a funny thing 
that we still joke about to this day. But it was it was very. He had a very specific, particular thing he wanted to see, and I want to say he published it like on a listserv or or something like that. Um, again, this was back in the day, so you know, I mean, AOL was still a thing. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was. I was like, and then at the time, again, I'm working as a journalist, right? So I'm like, I have mm-hmm. got to put this under a pen name. No one can ever know. And then, <laughs> you know, I got squat and cough. So <laughs> <laughs> how times change and how the Fs I have to give just, keep it just <laughs> disappear. <laughs> so there as I got a little change first. I used to haul around a tote bag full of Fs that I gave. I, <laughs> I have a change post. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, very sweet. That is the first time I've ever talked about that. <laughs> that was the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, <laughs> it's so specific. It was so... And that's, it's, I think what, that's what really kind of, I don't know, not threw me, but like, I don't know. It was just so specific, but again, kind of wholesome. You know? Yeah. So very particular cake indeed. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's, that's so fascinating. That's about the best for fan fiction that I can. Yeah. <laughs> that question revealed so much, and now I have to make sure I keep that on the yeah, interview yeah, docket. Child, that's for you. I don't I would look for it. I cannot remember what it was called or anything. It is probably saved on like one of my like floppy disk somewhere. That's oh how old it was. So like three and a half by five. I think that's what it used to be. The little save button basically. It's probably yeah. one of those. And I still have them somewhere. I have nothing to like I wouldn't know how to retrieve the information off of that now. That is I have a um I work with like really old cameras and yeah. so the camera shop that I go to, they like do all sorts of like converting on like really old like oh. like memory formats and stuff and it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like, how did you even find the the old technology right. to even be able to convert this? And then like the amount of cords that they use. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> what I was gonna ask. Like, what does that even look like? Because yeah, I, I can't, I can't imagine because you can't connect it via Wi-Fi. So, where do you? How do you convert it so you can pull it up on an old machine? But how do you? What kind of chain does it take to get it to? It's the craziest looking thing because. I, I guess the what the best thing you can do is be on an old computer or old PC and maybe attach it to an Ethernet cord and email it to yourself. <laughs> if legitimately even connect to the net, like yeah, that's that yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's a lot of technology. Old technology kind of convert through just attaching it to everything so i mean if you ever want to recover it that might be way to go just find a old film shop yeah yeah who knows old viruses (laughs) 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 that's where i got this remember you could use other people's like floppy disks 
and stuff yeah. unless you had like the, the McAfee fires protection and stuff. So, oh my gosh, my mom used to get so mad at us because we would get all the viruses on the computers. Like, oh, yeah. it was... <laughs> would be stealing music, not saying that. exactly. I'm not allegedly saying... stealing music. I've never seen. <laughs> never. 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 I wouldn't even know how to do that. Napster, Livewire, what? 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 No, I pay 99 cents for every song I get. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm an adult now. I have Apple One, so. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Spotify subscription. Thank right. you. Right. <laughs> no, no, I, you know, I don't understand. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you for having me. I don't even know if yeah. we talked about the actual book, but who cares? <laughs> We did in like abstract parts. I was like, part good enough. I was like, I need to get back. I was like, I was like in the middle of it. I was like, I kind of need to figure out how to redirect. And then, but I love how we talk. I like that. That was great. We talk craft and life. Yeah. Good enough. Go read the book. Yeah. Go read the book. (laughs) Go read all three of them. Oh, also, I mean, maybe get in Teresa's comments and convince her to do a Shayla St. Pierce novella. For me, about what? What are we doing? I I just I just want her just (laughs) doing life. I just want her doing her. Her problem because already so the book was supposed to be four books, not five. And then love (laughs) came about with this little novella self, and I was like, okay, that's it. And then everybody kept saying, but what about Kane? We love Kane. He's from the. He's in Chaser, but you see a lot of him in Heartbeat. And I'm like, Kate doesn't speak. Have you not noticed? <laughs> few words. How do you write a book about a man that doesn't speak? <laughs> then he showed up and told me how he expresses himself to his wife or how he got her, which is he writes letters. Oh, is that not the most sweetest thing ever? That is so sweet. Like, That's adorable. I hate you. So he has... <laughs> about that part about wooing her um, coming out and Biscuit somehow he's in the in the first book has a Kindle Vela coming and now you're talking about you want a, a Shayla prequel yeah just a little bit <laughs> goodness that's like, I'm just planting the seed you just planting the seed no cause yeah. you seeds, and then they grow and they show up and won't let me sleep until I start writing stuff down about <laughs> Man, Shayla's a trip. That would be interesting. I don't know. Maybe it'll it'll be about her time in Tokyo. Oh my gosh. (laughs) See? Look, it's starting already. I'm already getting what I want. (laughs) You guys are terrible. (laughs) Goodness. You're like, now I see where a boundary can be made. <laughs> I love it, though. I don't I, I complain, but I love it. The fact that you like her enough that you want to see more. That's yeah. that's everything. That's what you yeah. want. You know what I mean? 
as mm-hmm. opposed to okay that was good next so right I'm, I'm glad to build a character that kind of stays with you oh mm-hmm. yes she's fabulous okay so where can everyone find you so uh, I am on social media, of course. Um, I hang out more on TikTok now more than anything else. Uh, my socials are uh, is my name everywhere. So at Therese, and that's T-E-R-R-E-E-C-E. Um, you can find me on my website, which is also my name, TheresClark.com. Um, I am finished with the summer leg of my book tour. Um, I have one more stop at the end of this week at Steamy Lit. Um, Stimulate Con in California and then I don't have any fall dates and I don't know if I'm going to add any because I have to finish these last two books my my goal is to finish the, the last two by the end of the year um, so let's see what else where else am I doing That that's it just find me on socials and, and oh join my newsletter if you like to hear behind the scenes stuff and um, I always post freebie romance books um, from friends and authors and that sort of thing. And yeah, buy the books, read them, love them, and share them. Thank you again so much for being here. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Remember to read what you love and DNF the rest. Life's (laughs) too short to read bad books. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. So long, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to see more, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, Oh That Girl Reads. If you want more bookish content, feel free to check out my booktube channel, Bria L, on YouTube. Remember, read what you love and DNF the rest. Bye.